What's up, people? This is Edgar Otra Vez, and welcome to another episode of the Flogo Podcast. Now, today, my co-hosts are Lechuga and not my cousin Dan, and we're doing another Bollywood joint here. We're going to be reviewing the 2009 movie, Three Idiots. Now, if you like stuff like pop culture and movie reviews, make sure you check out our website, thefloralpodcast.com. There, you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes and a store where you can purchase some merchandise and support the podcast. Now, on Rotten Tomatoes, Three Idiots is really rated really high, both by critics and ordinary people. So I was really surprised at what I was watching when I watched it. I thought for a minute there that I got the wrong movie. I'm sure that explains everything. Not the strongest movie. And we'll get into it. We're going to review it, and there's going to be spoilers. So you've been forewarned. Both Lechuga and Not My Cousin Dan have really interesting insights, and I appreciated what they brought to the review. So understand that we're not just coming from a place of like, okay, we didn't like this movie because this, you know, because I just didn't feel it. No, we have reasons for it. Anyway, with that said, on with the show. So uh, welcome to another episode of the Flowro Podcast. I am Edgar Otra Vez, and today on the show, I have the, the best homies. I have El Lechuga, and not my What's cousin up, Dan. Man? What's up, guys? Oh, what's happening? Dobranos, so, I, I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to diss my other co-hosts, but, you know, it's always a blast, and... Uh, Hey, Lechuga doesn't have an intro like I do. No, he's no. still working on it. Uh, yeah. If people if people want to send him in some suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I I don't know. It just had nothing has struck me. You know, I'm waiting for it to hit me like some lightning. Yeah. In a bottle yeah. kind of thing, like what Dan and Primo got going for them. Yeah. Yeah, Primo, the, the little Primo howl. I know, man. Primo! There it is. <laughs> there you go. I was hoping Dan would do it. Yeah, I was hoping so, too. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think we've done an episode where I haven't done that. Yeah, I, yeah. he, he gets he gets a little bent out of shape, too. Yeah, <laughs> he does. I've heard. I've heard. He's like, he's taking my thing. Yeah, I'm like, take it easy, man. Take it easy. It's your fault for not, not copywriting it. <laughs> I'm not taking his thing. I'm paying tribute, man. There you go. There you yeah. Go. It's an homage. An homage, yeah. exactly. So it's not the greatest catchphrase. It's a tribute to the greatest catchphrase. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a little Jack Black action there. Yeah. yeah. There you go. That's right. So the subject of conversation today will be a review of Three Idiots, it's directed <laughs> by Raj Kumar Hirani. And please forgive me. I'm American, and my American tongue has trouble with languages I'm not familiar with. And it stars Amir Khan, Mod Haven, uh, Mona, and Mona Singh. And I'm sure there's others that I'm missing on here. But so let's start off from the top. I don't know that we need to tell the whole story I don't of think what happens to. in this movie. Yeah. Because it would take, it's a three and a half hour movie, and it would probably take like five hours to explain the story. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I can but, do I, uh, I can do a quick synopsis if you do want. Do a quick synopsis. Quick, yeah, quick I synopsis. I can keep it to like five minutes max. Do it. Okay, so the story revolves around three new students at India's most prestigious engineering university college called ICE. All three of the students come from very different backgrounds. They end up all being roommates together. They all have different personalities, 
that at first seem not to mesh well, but then they quickly become best friends, of course. One of the three, the main character of the movie, played by Amir Khan, who is a huge superstar in India. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's easily top five. Oh. Yeah, he plays the main character named uh, Rancho. Was this the movie that launched him into that status? Or was no. he already... Well, this launched him into international star status. Okay, all right. Yeah, this movie held on to a lot of Bollywood records for quite some time, some of which are currently being broken by Triple R, actually. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Triple R is a better movie, but we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't make the... They're not the same. They're not well, the same. Well, if you had to pick one to recommend to someone what would you oh pick well then? yeah i'd pick, I'd pick <laughs> that'd be the answer. but i mean this this is like this is like the hangover or old school this movie yeah you know? this is not like an epic oh anyway, okay go on yeah okay so rancho he is kind of like the coolest guy on campus nothing phases him he has a catchphrase that he goes by it's all is well so anytime things are going bad, he just says all is well and things magically become fixed. Uh, he's got the type of swagger we haven't seen since the Fonz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah kind of looks like the Fonz a little bit. I kind of, dude, at some point I was expecting him to like elbow a jukebox. In a yeah, season. right. Yeah. Yeah. I, he was, he's definitely giving off Fonzie energy for sure. Yeah. It, yeah. I think the inspiration for his character was the Fonz. With the facial expressions of Mr. Bean is what I would describe. <laughs> yes, this dude looked like Mr. Bean. Yeah, man. <laughs> and then there's the other character, Ch- the silencer, Chatur. Oh, um, yeah, who, that guy. That who looks looks like McLovin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, I kind of enjoyed his character. <laughs> well, I, okay. well, I like seeing him get electrocuted, yeah. but yeah, we'll yeah. get there. <laughs> I, I liked his character. I liked the, the, the dean of the school, the... Mm-hmm. You know, because they were they virus because they were like these these comic strip stereotypes. You know what I mean? And they were pretty well executed. They as far as like inhabiting that space. All right. Go on with your synopsis. So these three best friends, also known as the three idiots on campus, moniker given to them by the evil dean of the school known as virus. That's his nickname. He's supposed to be like the most accomplished engineer in India, obsessed with efficiency, obsessed with competition amongst his students, purposely sets up this culture of high pressure, high stress. There can only be one winner in every one of these academic pursuits. And that's something he tries to instill and set into his students. This does not jive with Rancho, who has a very happy-go-lucky outlook on life, feels that the purpose of education is to learn not to memorize things and just repeat them back to actually understand the concept and enjoy learning about it, which is the opposite of how the school goes about their education. So this sets Rancho up against the Dean. Much to the Dean's chagrin, Rancho is also a bit of an idiot savant. He learns everything. He's like a sponge when it comes to education. We never see him study. He's also rarely in the class he's supposed to be in. Yeah. Yeah he gets perfect marks on every exam and mm-hmm. is constantly outwitting not and just then, the other students, but the yeah. dean and the professors themselves. Yeah. And then he's ultimately like the valedictorian. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the uh, midway through the movie, there's a big exam 
the two friends, they actually score at the bottom. Rancho turns out to be the number one student in the entire school. This then creates conflict between the three friends because it also turns out that Rancho comes from one of the wealthiest families in India, while the other two best friends, one comes from a low middle class family and the third friend comes from abject poverty. His mother is a school teacher. The father's paralyzed. His daughter, his sister can't be married because they have no dowry to give a prospective husband. So he actually becomes upset with Rancho because he feels like this guy can live a stress-free life. So it's easy for him to follow this happy-go-lucky lifestyle while him and the other friend have actual pressure on them, have actual expectations. And what they do at the school has real consequences to what will happen to their families. The dean sees this division and capitalizes on it, convinces the boys that hanging out with Rancho will take them down a bad path. He also sends letters to these uh, the two friends' families telling them, hey, your sons have gotten involved in a bad group of people. They're on their way to being expelled and failing the school. The one friend, God, I am blanking on his name right now. Do you guys remember? One is Faran, I believe. Raju. Raju. Raju, Faran, yes. Yeah. Uh, Raju takes the advice of the dean. He moves out of the room, bunks up with someone else. He stops speaking with Rancho. He bunks up with with Fogel, with McLovin. Yeah, basically. with McLovin, who's the yeah. you know the comedic. What's the phrase I'm looking for here? Like the foil. He's yeah. like the, yeah. the comic foil. He's, exactly. Uh, yeah, he's he's a, a super uh, ambitious and completely prescribes just, to the dean's outlook. Right. When it comes yeah, to exactly. He, he it's like a pump and dump education, you know, like yeah. he memorizes what he needs to memorize for that week, forgets exactly. it. And, you know, gets the gets the score he needs to get on the exam. And it's like it's it's all about getting scores on exams. It's not about learning anything. Yeah. And a huge brown noser, you know, yeah. just the mm-hmm. classic teacher's pet that no one ever liked in any age group, <laughs> especially in college. So, yeah, the movie progresses and you come to find that the majority of the movie is actually a flashback. The movie begins with the friends actually trying to locate Rancho again. So at some point, all three separated, went their own ways. And Rancho is the one that no one has heard of since college ended. So the movie, as it's going, you're kind of getting that backstory, trying to figure out, oh, at what point is it that they must have had a falling out or what happened to Rancho? There's a twist. It turns out that Rancho is actually not rich. He comes from the family of uh, the gardener of a really rich family. The son, whose name is actually Rancho, is a bad student. So his very wealthy father sent God. Dick, I don't even know what his name was. His I, name I was say it at the very end. Yeah, it's Fun Fun Suk uh, Wangdu. So you can just yeah. refer to him as Wangdu because that's easier to pronounce. Wangdu. Wang, the character Wangdu. that we knew as Rancho, his name is actually Wangdu. He's always been a bit of an, of a, a genius. He just loves education for the purpose of learning. The very wealthy father of Rancho sends Wandu to school and lets him take on the identity of his son. That way, Rancho gets these great grades and his son is the one receiving the degrees, which then gives more clout to the family to land really big contracts. The friends come to find all this out. I should add that throughout all this, Rancho also happens to seduce the dean's daughter yeah yeah right at first the dean's daughter tries not to fall for rancho seductions the father clearly does not want his daughter to 
be with Rancho. But like everyone else in the movie, no one can turn him down or <laughs> resist his charms. Yeah. He's very charming in the movie. Have yes. We reached the end of the movie. She has joined in on the search for Rancho, the real Rancho. She um, leaves a wedding to join in the search. She yeah, was, she leaves, like, her, she own leaves wedding. Her, own wedding. her own wedding, right? Yeah. yeah, she leaves her own wedding. Eventually, they do find him. He has opened a school that does not follow the normal conventions of education, lets the kids learn, you know, in more interesting ways. The one friend, the comedic foil. What? Silencer. What, yeah, the silencer. Silencer. He is pleased with this because they had made a bet to see who would be more successful after 10 years, I believe. And mm-hmm. he is under the impression that Wandu Rancho is now just a simple educator. And what he makes in a, in a year, he probably makes that in a day. It turns out he's not just an educator. He's also the most renowned sought after scientist in all of India and is actually extremely wealthy. Yeah. And then he marries. Oh, it's like the one that the silencer like mentioning at some point. Like, yes, he's I have a meeting with this guy and, you know, that I'm like going to sign to a huge gonna, contract. Gonna, yeah. And it ends up being him. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So the movie, it ends with the character we knew as Rancho kissing the dean's daughter. They profess their love to each other. The comedic foil, the silencer finds out that Rancho is actually the scientist that he's been dying to meet with this entire time. Mm hmm as a bit of a meltdown and then proceeds to beg uh, <laughs> to allow Rancho to still sign with his company. And then the credits roll. So it's a happily ever after for everyone, I suppose, except for the silencer. So, yeah. Okay. So that was a, let's say a seven or eight minute <laughs> summary. summary. Yeah. There's a lot I left right. out too. No, that's, and, that was actually perfect. And this was the three hour movie. Yeah. So, yeah. and, it also had, and you know, I'm not complaining about it. It's just something that to get used to, right? Is every once in a while they just fucking break out in a song. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. And you and you have like it. You have these music videos that are interspersed with the story. Yeah. And, and they're yeah, like, it's not a bad thing. I mean, some of them are quite charming. It's just. Were they Not what I'm used to? Were well, they really them, charming? Some of them were. Well, I'm going to say them were like, oh, Jesus. I, I like that. That uh, one where they did the scat kind of BB bop or whatever. That yeah, was. right. That one kind of reminded me of the nacho dance. Yeah. Well, that one, that one was really nice. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm going to tell you right now, that whole first part of that movie, like that first hour, I can really do without. Uh, yeah, man. It didn't I, get it interesting was... for me until, excuse me. It didn't get interesting for me until we found out that Rancho wasn't Rancho. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, "Wait a minute! Oh shit! This just got interesting." So, like for <laughs> me, that's when it, like, the movie picked up. Can I? Okay. Can I just say the things that I would compliment before you we tear kind it apart? Of <laughs> apart? Yeah, go go positive before you go negative. Okay. Let's do that. Yeah. Things that I felt, especially at the time, were brave of this movie to tackle. One, (laughs) yeah, at the time, the suicide rate amongst uh, Indian students, specifically Indian men, that Mm -hmm. is not often talked about and is a point of shame. The fact that they were so open about it, I thought, is commendable. Uh, We can get into the way they did it and whether or not that message actually lands. Second, 
I think it's also very interesting in that very career and education driven culture that they would make the charming protagonist of this movie uh, constantly be delivering this message of follow your dreams, follow what you enjoy, follow happiness instead of trying to follow success. That it was, you know, not common uh, to see in an Indian film. And then lastly, the message of marrying for love, which is still a bit controversial. They made a big point of that and yeah. constantly made the dean's daughter, who was set to marry a very wealthy man, but he was an asshole. They made him look like a jackass and made it so that the best choice for her would not be to marry someone of higher social standing, but actually the person that she loves. So, so I think those three things were it was interesting that they went with those topics and they did it the way they did. Yeah. I don't know if I agree with the execution, but again, this movie is a 2009 movie. So yeah, so this movie goes back a ways. Mm. Yeah. It's not necessarily going to be with a current or, or modern perspective on things. Yeah. You know, one thing I, I will like, I really love the follow your dreams message. Like that's important. Find passion, you know, discover what your passions are and pursue them. That That is important. Even if it's but, against what your family desires. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that's and that's like an important thing for people to hear. That's but but I, I I also am very much like, especially at this point in my life, I'm, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Follow follow the dreams. You have to. You absolutely have to follow the dreams. And then sometimes you have to pay attention to the real fucking world. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and then and then sometimes you have to realize that, you know, like, hey, writing a blog doesn't pay the bills for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or being Google. a YouTuber or a podcaster or doesn't podcaster. pay the bills for anybody. And, and, and sometimes I am listening. You know, I'm well aware. <laughs> and, and, and like, and that's not to say like, give up your dreams or anything like that. You know, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like, it is a little bit pie in the sky to say everybody needs to just find their passion and, and do that especially in a country like India where you have 1.3 billion people. Yes. And there aren't 1.3 billion jobs to be had, you know, at landing one right. of these good jobs is seen yeah. almost as if winning the lottery. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. the kind and of reaction these characters are having. It was like and, trying to, you know, trying to hit the major leagues in baseball. Yes. And so like, do I think yes, that, you know, all of us, whether we're in India or in the United States or, or wherever, like, should we be aspiring to a world where people can say, I want to do X. That's what I feel passionate about. And then they get to go and do that. Yes. That's, that's the ideal. That's what we should be aspiring to. But I also think that like telling people that that's the way to just totally live your life. It's unfortunately not realistic. Like you can do things, you know, you can find a way to engage with things that you love and find a job that you are passionate about, but it might not be doing exactly that. You know what I mean? Like, I, like in the, like in this movie, you know, the one guy is a wildlife photographer. Yes. And that's what he wanted to be. And that's what he pursues instead of engineering by the end of the movie, you know, Dude, not everybody can do that. There are a lot more people out there who want to be photographers than there there is 
let's say talent or market to support anyway i don't know i'm being a bit of a downer right now and that's not what i mean to be it's just it's just kind of like that yes i love that message but it's a little bit fucking trite at this point you know yes it, i feel it's a little naive and i agree i feel i was feeling the same i think it's a little naive and a little irresponsible to put a message like that i think they need to have some people in the movie that went for the dream and failed like, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. just to give it some balance because like you said there's plenty of people who want to be wildlife photographers they either don't have the means or maybe the talent uh, mm -hmm. or even the exposure it could be all kinds of reasons why you don't make it and no it's usually they, hey you know what i would have loved to have been when i was a kid i would have loved to have been an astronaut hmm. how many jobs are there <laughs> yeah to be no, an astronaut yeah. well i mean there's only no. one rocket ship that goes up every now and then right <laughs> right so it's just one of those things could i have been working in the space industry yeah sure i probably could have you know could i have gone on learned got, become an engineer or an astrophysicist or something like that yeah i probably could have but that doesn't mean i'd be happier for it you know what i mean i i, I don't know like i'm i, I don't want to poo poo that message i think that is something good i think a lot of people need to hear that and a lot of people I've said this before on the podcast and other episodes, like everybody, everybody should follow a dream. Everybody should commit to it, follow it, follow it either to success or to its bitter fucking end. Hmm. But you should do that. Everybody should have that experience. You know, Yeah. that being said, like you can't just live your whole life like that. Well, I mean, how many actors are there? out there in like Hollywood yeah. or wherever trying mm -hmm. to make it. And I mean, there's only so many acting jobs, like you're saying, mm -hmm. how many of those people are still waitressing, still trying to make, no, dude, just, you know, I can tell you from when I was actively doing comedy, like the number of people who are in LA or in New York and they're still working while well, I've got my day job and whatever it is to pay the bills that they've never taken seriously, you know, and so they're waiting tables or they're doing whatever and because someday it's going to happen. Yeah. Someday somebody's going to buy their screenplay or they're going to, they're going to get cast or, you know, the, it's, it, you can live your whole fucking life that way. Yeah. So it's then a, when, when do you, you know, stop? when do you quit? When do you stop chasing yeah. that dream? I'm, it's not my job to tell anybody that, but it's a matter of sometimes, dude, chase it, chase it. Like I said, chase it to its bitter end. But what we could all benefit from is just a dose of pragmatism, a dose of, mm -hmm. you know, like for me personally, I never made it to a celebrity level of stand-up, you know, mm -hmm. but could I have tried to work that differently? You know, could it, cause there are a million things that I never bothered trying. I never bothered trying to get writing credits or get a job as a producer or a PA or something like that. Move out to LA for a season, the million different ways that I could have engaged quote unquote comedy and show business that wouldn't have ended up with me being a stand-up comedian on stage. I could have still engaged with that, still made a career out of comedy, just maybe not as a comedian. If you're passionate about photography and you want to be like a National Geographic wildlife photographer, okay, pursue that. And then at some point, you're going to hit a wall where it's like, I, I need to do something else or I'm going to starve to death. Yeah. That's the point at which you figure out, okay, 
there's got to be something else I can do. There's got to be a different way that I can engage with this and not starve. Yeah. You know, I think that's part of being an adult is you find a way to reach fulfillment and find happiness in what you are doing, even if it's not what you thought you would be doing or what you dreamt of doing. And finding that your priorities change as you get older. And just because you ended up not doing the dream job that you had when you were 12, yeah. doesn't mean your life did not have purpose. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you do things with intent and that's, that's, that's difficult because life comes at you and just living your life can make your focus shift yeah. and it can, it can, totally make you forget about what those dreams are and you know that's why like it's important to do things and make decisions with intent you know and look if your intent is to make a bigger paycheck that's fine if that if you make that your goal guess what's going to happen you're going to make a bigger and bigger paycheck mm -hmm. but you've you if you shift off of the goal of contentment and fulfillment and you shift it completely towards paycheck, you're going to be making a paycheck and it doesn't matter how big that paycheck is because you're not happy at the end of the day. And it's the same thing where like, if, if you focus in with a obsession on this is my dream, I need it to be exactly this. If, and when that doesn't happen after you've chased it for decades, and you've you've built a mountain of work product in support of that and you just haven't gotten there guess what same thing's going to happen you're not going to be happy yeah even if that's what you're pursuing anyway uh where i'm carrying on about is that's where i think one of the ways this movie really actually fails and it's not because rancho preaches that message it's because rancho preaches that message and then at the end you find out okay so that's the way he's always lived his life in pursuit of you know education for the purity of education's sake and then you find out that he's this crazy super successful billionaire scientist inventor whatever and he's super successful and it's like so basically what you've done is you've taken this total fucking genius. You've taken this character who's a total fucking genius off the charts, doesn't have to work very hard, never has to study and still graduates as the valedictorian of the class. Yeah. People like that can fucking do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. They can be successful because they're super geniuses. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if any of the other three idiots continued to really live their life that way they'd all be homeless and starving because they're not super geniuses yeah i think i that's that was another kind of thing that i was kind of paying attention to because uh if you look at him too he's also like really fair-skinned right yeah man. And, and so i'm like what's going on here like you, you're telling me that this kid he doesn't need to study he's really fair-skinned and good-looking uh he's got all the gifts <laughs> he's got all the fucking gifts yeah. yeah and uh he you know he can do whatever he wants essentially tell the teachers to go you know jump in the river mm -hmm. and all that nonsense which he did several times which, yeah he, <laughs> there he, are several yeah. times where i'm like yeah the dean should expel them they yeah. peed yeah. on his doorstep like, it, yeah. i felt the same way i felt the same yeah. way they peed on his doorstep they 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 intruded in his house 
Yes. They, they yeah, broke they into broke into his, his house. house. They broke into his house. They broke into his house. They broke into his office. Like they they broke they into were, his house. And frankly, here dude. in the U.S., they broke into his house, and ultimately, damn near sexually assaulted his daughters. Basically, yeah. Dude. You know, I don't care where that is. That's illegal. That shit right there is illegal. Like all of it, breaking in, uh, sexually trying to, uh, you know, assault a girl, all that stuff, all that, all peeing on the door. I don't know if it's illegal everywhere, but I mean, it better be illegal here. Well, yeah. public urination was a thing throughout this movie. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it must be like, a, it, dude. It's gotta, have, it's gotta be one of those cultural touch, touchstones that carries a lot of weight. You I, know? I, think it, I, I think it has something to do with like I don't know um, their bathroom system or something. I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I, I don't. I'm I, not Indian and never was in India. But anyway, like yeah, dude, like. None of that is legal anywhere. That shit gets you in trouble. They're lucky they just got expelled and not arrested. You know what I'm saying? And, and then they didn't really even get expelled because no. they still got their degrees. You they know? they were degrees. expelled like three times. And by yeah. then, by the next yeah. day, the dean took it back. Yeah. And mm -hmm. let them back. Or they, or they figured a way around it or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, I, I don't know. I think there was a couple of high points for me. One was that music video I was telling you about where they were yeah. falling in love, you know, and how he said, if you're in love with someone, you hear the the music and their name in the wind or whatever it was. And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, this, you know, this infatuation, that's it's know, so romantic, man. It's a little romantic. Yeah. My so cold black hey, heart also, hated that song. <laughs> I, I, I thought oh, it was man. very nice. I, 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 I thought it was like, charming, but I will be honest. I fast forwarded through most of it. Well, there you go. <laughs> I, I actually watched this whole movie minute by minute. I, I did too. I actually went back in pieces because I fell asleep. I, I made three. Oh, that's why I didn't finish it. Yeah. Well, it's because I kept going back to, to make sure that I got the whole thing. Yeah. And actually something we didn't uh, pay attention to or, or didn't pay proper respect to at the very beginning as we were started recording this. The whole reason we're watching this was because one of our esteemed Indian listeners from the RRR episode, or actually it was, I think the, probably from the, Hey, thanks. Thank you. India episode that we did mm -hmm. recommended that us three idiots watch <laughs> the movie, three idiots. So three idiots can review three idiots. Yeah. I, I wonder. And so like, we should, part. I, I don't I think, think so. This I, is no, a beloved movie. People, love this movie. yeah but uh, but i wouldn't i i would absolutely make the fair assumption that he was making the recommendation to us on hey you three idiots you should watch this movie <laughs> three idiots i don't I know think, man i think, I think so i think this movie was a huge success in 2009 people loved it it was very different to the type of comedy that India was normally producing. That's why it uh, caught on with the rest of the world so well. I just think that a lot of people that have it really high on their list of favorite movies have not seen it since. I also think that if you are watching it for the very first time today, you are probably not going to like it as much as you would have if you saw it back in 2009. So it was. I'm, I'm a little worried that we're going to hurt people's feelings, by the way, with this pod. I did not hate this movie at all. I did not 
pull me in the way that RRR did. You know, yeah. it didn't it didn't pull me into the to the point where I was doing homework trying to get more context and more understanding of Indian history and Indian culture like that. No, this movie did not inspire that this movie, <laughs> this movie did not inspire me to want to be a better, more culturally literate man. Well, that's the thing. And this is something that uh, bothered me. The elements to inspire you to do that were in this movie. It's just, they did not handle it. Well, for example, suicide, they kind of brush it off as in, oh, it's not suicide. They were actually murdered by the pressure that's being put on them. And then they looped back to that at least twice. Yeah, because there was the there was the one student who three committed, times, actually suicide yeah, they, comes up three times. Yeah, they, there was a student who committed suicide and then uh, Raju jumps out of a window mm -hmm. in an attempt to commit suicide and he survives somehow. Lance face um, first from like yeah. 10 stories up. Yeah. yeah. I thought he was dead. You know? <sighs> he should, I, yeah. And it was weird. The song they played. Like, yes. We're not going to let you die or whatever. Yeah. The song was. That and, entire montage I thought was very awkward. Was and here's weird. the thing. If you're going to make suicide a touchstone in this film and uh, a critique of the education culture and the culture in India, that's leading people to commit suicide. I don't think you can do that while also making the main theme that you keep coming back to and the catchphrase of the movie all is well. That's what yeah. I hated that catchphrase. I, I yeah. thought it was so inappropriate, especially since yeah. it would come up immediately after you know, suicide scenes. Right. Yeah. Do you know what that made me think that at least for the first one, the first one where the first he introduces that and he sing and they sing the whole song about all is yeah. well. There's, there's something, I don't know, uh, maybe a little condescending, a little, I don't yes. know. Well, it's it like was when you're condescending, going it was condescending in exactly the same way as, dude, just do what makes you happy. Yeah. You know, it was exactly the same kind of condescending. It's like, not helpful. It's like when you're going through something in life and you try to open up to someone about it, whether it's family or, or a close friend, mm -hmm. and they tell you everything is going to be okay. Yeah. And they end yeah. the conversation there. That was not right, helpful. Yeah. In fact, you probably feel worse after that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. It, it was. Uh, yeah. Just a, say all as well. And, you know, it it's saved delivered an life. This. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. There was a stillborn. Yeah, yeah. They say all is well. Right. And the baby came back to life. Yeah. yeah. Right. That was, In the, yeah. It was a magic word. It was like hocus pocus. It, it's like if you say this, I don't know, man. I, I also picked up on that and I felt that it was a little bit like an attempt to sedate the viewer, you know, to like, yeah. like you could always say this and this is going to fix your life. This is going to make things mm -hmm. better. If you just say all is well, you know, no, cause there's, there's more to it. There's more to that. Yeah. You can't just say all is well and, and it's going to fix itself. Like, you, you, you know, have to put in some work on your end. Right. And like, I do have some like personal mantras, right? Like mm -hmm. when I start to feel, super stressed about whatever's going on at work or, you know, I will like when I get to the point where I'm just flipping a shit and I don't know what to do, I will take a deep breath and I will say out loud to myself, dude, it's just a job mm -hmm. or this is just reminding myself like this in the context of your work life, this is stressful in the context of life in general, dude, not a big deal. But see, you know. that's the thing. 
that's the difference. You are recognizing that this does that's, suck in the moment. Yeah. That it will pass. Yeah. You go through this, but that it's not good. By saying mm-hmm. all is well, it's minimizing your feelings right. and the situation that you're in. You're literally saying all is well. Everything's yeah. fine. It's like that meme. This is yes. fine. As this the is world okay, the burns. dog. Yeah. <laughs> the dog in the burning room. Yes, thank you, Dan. That's exactly what I was thinking mm-hmm. of. So um, yeah. it's interesting that you guys are talking about this because I had a sports psychologist on uh, a few podcasts ago. And one of the things that she talks about is is self-talk. But she, you know, she mentioned a little bit about how she does it. And there is intent. And some there are mantras that she kind of cycles through. Some of those mantras are like, you know, just a walk in a park, just walk in a park when you're going through something tough. But then there's also mantras that she repeats to herself that are technical. So like, okay, keep the pace, you mm-hmm. know, um, mm-hmm. you know, heel toe or whatever, or like if it's jujitsu or whatever, it's like, make sure you shoot, you know, shoot this way. So there's, there's, there's ideas in there. There's actually, so it's solution based, It's solution based. Some of it, the other mm-hmm. part of it, there's also like, uh, like in a state of being kind of mantra. So like, you know, I'm, you know, light as a feather, you know, yeah, light as a feather. So you're thinking, you know, as fast as a cheetah, light as a feather, fast as a cheetah, because you need that kind of thinking, right? You need to be Mm -hmm. fast and you need to be quick or whatever. So, but there's, there's like you're saying, there's it's solution based. There's action that you can take using those mantras Mm -hmm. and it's targeted. It's targeted. All is well, does not fucking fix anything. It's just you know? a blank, right. yeah. a blanket that you're right. trying to toss over a it's, fire. Uh, yes. Right. You're talking exactly. like even like light as a feather, whatever. Like it's solution based, but it's also like action based. Mm-hmm. It's it's you're giving yourself the confidence that you need to take the action that you know you need to take. You yeah. Know? And I think that's part of the problem with that mantra that they put in there is that it's it's a they're making it really general. And mm-hmm. it's just more of like the sedating kind of uh, feeling that you get. I, in general, I'm a little lukewarm on this movie. I'm just like, okay with it. I, there are parts of it I like, but for the most part, I'm not a fan of the movie. But again, it could be, you know, one, there's cultural context that I'm not understanding. Two, yes. mm-hmm. it's a 2009 yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. But also like another thing that really just like some of the things that bugged me, and this is just in general, for movies in general this is not a critique of indian movies just movies in general if if you're gonna put music and sound effects to everything yes if you're gonna mickey mouse everything you're gonna drive me nuts yeah it did yeah Yeah. so they had they had a theme song for every possible thing that happened in the movie well and theme song for emotions they had action they had a theme Mm -hmm. song for 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 funny and then stuff. and there's words like yeah. even even when it's not like the music video portions they have these theme songs and there are words to these theme songs and so it's like a song that's getting sung in the background as as things are happening on screen then there was the unnecessary and that sound happened, effects that the happened and the oh yeah the, yeah right every there's time a, kind of something slapstick. on wheels would be moved you would hear yeah. like squeaky wheel noises like yeah yeah, it was a little very much, a little, slapsticky. Yeah. yeah, very cartoony, a little kind of 
uh, old in the approach of of comedy, but I think again, it's I think it's a, it's, it's a 2009 movie. Well, but I also think it's probably a cultural context thing, okay? Mm-hmm. Because you had not the sound effects, but you had the theme songs with lyrics in triple R as well. Yeah, and it was not like I meant to bring it up on that episode, but I just never got around to it because we were so effusive in how much we loved that movie. The movie was good. The movie was good, but, but it was, it's something that, you know, I, I had the exact same thought with this movie where culturally speaking, it must just be a thing. It must be like a, a cultural touchstone in India and Indian cinema where like, that's just how you do it. So just like here in the States, movies have theme songs and you know you you watch star wars the emperor has a theme song darth vader has a theme song Mm -hmm. the rebellion and luke skywalker have a theme song and it plays every time they're on screen and they're doing something there's no lyrics to it though yeah in indian cinema it really seems like no it's okay for there to be lyrics to these theme songs you know the song sells yeah, they also make right. money off the songs. The songs right. become huge hits. And so, you know, it's just a it's I it's bizarre to us, but I don't think it's because the movie was made in 2009. I think because it's that's the way movies are made in India, you know. Um well, there I there along one thing I did want to say along with like the suicide like this movie felt like it had a lot of messages and I was, and I'm forced to wonder if the messages would be a lot more overt if we were Indian and if we were familiar with some of these culture, cultural touch points, but so, so it like really keeps nailing on this suicide mess message, right? It also really hit on um, the, the pointless competition, the the way that education is turned into this competitive thing. It's all about grades and and like you you've got that uh, McLovin who is like the com- the comic foil and he, part of his whole philosophy is it's not it's not enough that he should succeed. If he's going to succeed, others must fail. Yes. And so he would go out of his way to make people fail. He would spend just as much effort and energy on making other people fail as he would on making himself succeed. That is nasty, man. I hated that. And (laughs) and I felt like the movie was really trying, just like it was driving the, the educational stress and suicide message home. I think it was driving at that point as well that, you know, education does not, in order to be successful, in order to get an education, it is not dependent in any way on your competitive nature. And it shouldn't, our our education system shouldn't be driving that in as a core value. I think, I think that was, I think this movie was saying things about the educational system in India that were we Indian might've punched a little bit more, but to us, it was just like, I, I feel like you're barely, you're, you're almost making light of this, you know? So the funny thing about silencer 
is that Silencer uh, lost to Wangdu or Rancho, right? Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, or Rancho and Wangdu, he managed to become very, very successful. But Silencer was pretty successful too. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, so like they shit on this character, but this guy is also rich. But well, I think there was there was a, another subtle message there too by the end of the movie. This guy was very successful. There is absolutely no question about that. He was rich, vice president of a company, drove a Lamborghini, had, had a, a wife house, and kids, had a waiting wife for and kids. Oh, yeah. He did? Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um was very successful. But by the but but it was never going to be enough. Yeah. Mm. There there was no point at which all of that quote unquote success would have been enough for him because he ends the movie begging fake rancho to still be bought out by his company, you yeah. know, to still get the contract. Yeah. You know, it's uh it, and and so you know like that's a point the movie was making. Like sure you can live that way, mm-hmm. but if you live that way, there's there's always some other thing. You're never gonna mm-hmm. be, you're never gonna be satisfied. You yeah. know, I think the biggest problem with the movie is the fact that they're encouraging people to follow their dreams blindly, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a little foolish. I mean, I, I think one of the things that you said, Lechuga, was that you noticed that at one point you were you were like taking care of some uh indian refugees is that right yes yeah. that's who I, I i once previously saw this movie before about 10 years ago and that's who i watched it with and they loved it yeah so i think the demographic is very specific i think yes. the demographic is not only just indian but young indian men and i'm talking like 18 to like you know or like 15 to 18 years old or, mm-hmm. or college age, you know? Oh, oh yeah. It's not going to speak to an adult, an actual yeah. full-fledged adult. I'm talking about someone over 26. Yeah. This, this movie is, is got a lot of naiveness and I am not a fan of some of this. I think you need to temper some of that, follow your heart stuff with some real life stuff. Like we're talking about because you're going to fail and and following following your heart blindly following joy blindly is not going to be the answer you know well it's not going to be fulfilling for sure you know again you know i don't want to send the wrong message i i don't want people walking away from this episode thinking that the message i'm trying to send is you know buckle down and become an accountant <laughs> and, and, Fuck uh, your dr- fuck your dreams. Fuck like your that's dreams. not the message. No, the message is it's absolutely valid. Find your passion. Pursue your passion. Do it. Don't let it if you're passionate about things, don't let them, you know, uh atrophy. Don't forget how passionate you are and, and make trades and concessions to live your life, you know. Chase those passions. But there is a real world that, you know, you know what? Sometimes you fucking need health insurance. Yeah. You know, sometimes you need a paycheck. You know, those things don't have to dictate your life. They don't have to dictate the decisions that you make. Just like following your passion doesn't have to dictate, well, I'm never going to have health insurance because the only way I can do this is freelance or whatever. Like, you know, follow your 
follow your dreams by all means as somebody who has like as somebody who you know very well like i walked away from corporate america uh, and and you know i did my own i was an independent freelance person i was performing comedy i was writing books and I did that for a number of years. And at a certain point, it's just like, this is fucking exhausting. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, yes, I love this. I love what I'm doing, but it's exhausting and it's stressful. Yeah. And there are ways that I can engage with these things that are less exhausting and less stressful. You know, well, um, you're, you're talking so, about the trade offs. There's trade offs, right? To being a grown up, like you can yeah. chase your dreams. But you, you know, you might not have health insurance, you right. know, or you can get the job, the boring ass job and have some money and have some health insurance, but you may not be happy, you know? Right. Like, those, uh, those trade-offs have their own benefits. For example, Dan never became an astronaut. However, if he had become an astronaut, would he have ever met his wife? Would he have ever had the kids he has now? Mm -hmm. Who's to say? But I think it'd be a fair bet to assume that Dan finds happiness in playing with his kids, finds happiness in the moments he spends with his wife. So while he may have never felt what it would be like to be an astronaut, he still found happiness. He still found fulfillment in something else. Um, Dan, I don't know if you want to continue with that. For the record, I'm not married. And, uh, oh, okay. and my stepson is 20 years old. But yes, but you were but there the when points, he was young. Well, right. Yeah. The points yeah. you're making are valid. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I certainly would know, like, I don't regret, I really don't, I don't regret the decisions that I made at any step of the way. That's part of who I am, but I wouldn't be me right now if I hadn't done X, Y, or Z. People, especially in this country, really forget very easily. Everything has trade-offs, like you were saying. And if you're working a job that you don't like, that makes you fucking unhappy, you can fucking quit. <laughs> and I know that sounds prosaic and it sounds entitled. Like sometimes you're not in a situation where you can just up and quit. Like you need money. So a lot of people in this country are paycheck to paycheck, you know, but here's the, the, like the reality of things is jobs are not limited. You can get other jobs. It may be difficult at times to do so. But there are jobs to be found. Earning money, it can be difficult and hard to come by at times, but there is not a limited supply of money. You can always make more money. What can you not make more of? Time. Time is the only resource in our entire lives that is actually limited. And you'll never get all of these that. other things. And and so you have a job that's not your passion or doesn't align with passion or doesn't give you fulfillment in the way that you need fulfillment. The only thing it does is give you a paycheck. Hey, save up some fucking money and quit. Yeah. You don't have to do it a moment longer than you absolutely need to. You so, know? I think one thing that needs to be said too, in terms of our listeners, especially if we have younger people listening, uh, dreams change. Yeah. You know, like if you're 15 and you decide you want to be, you know, a doctor at 15, you're going to live your whole life following that dream. 
I mean, at 15, like how, how much do you know about the world? How much do you know about yourself? You know, dreams change. You can get to college and decide, Hey, you know what? I don't want to be a doctor and that's fine. You know? Yeah. But like, you know, or you can go all the way through college, graduate with a degree and still decide, you know what? This is not my dream. You know, or there is nothing wrong with coming up with a new dream. Yeah. At 40. Hey, 30 or 50. Here you go. Real, real fucking life. You know, I wanted to be a stand-up comedian since I was eight years old. Other things, for whatever reason, pushed me away from that. When I was 30, I made a deal with myself. I, I said, there was the devil. No, I made a deal with myself. I said, for your 30th birthday, you're going to go to an open mic night. You're going to do stand-up for five minutes or 10 minutes or however the hell long they let you stand up there on that stage. And you're going to find out if this is something that you want to do. Three years after that, I was working full time as a stand-up comedian. That's fantastic. You know, I wasn't famous. You're never going to find my name on Google. You know, you're not going to find my website. Surprise. Or, you might be you know, found on Google now with like, the podcast. Like yeah. you're, you're, you're never going to find me. I'll put it that way. Like it, it, you, I, I was never famous, mm. but I was getting paid. And I was booked out, you know, it was a hell of an experience. And it, was, and it was my fucking dream. Like I said, that's what I thought I wanted to do since I was eight years old. And I was also writing books at the time. I was getting paid to write history books. So dream number one and dream number two happening at the same time. You know what happened? By the time I was 38, I was done. Yeah, I did not want to do it anymore at all. And it's because dreams change. Here's to your point, Edgar, dreams change. You sometimes you get you achieve the dream and you find out, holy fuck, this is not what I want. Yeah. You know, th- sometimes that happens. Yeah. And that's good. That's good. And to your point doesn't matter if you're 15 or if you're 40 it's okay to have new dreams yeah it's okay to start over you know well i mean and just like you i mean i you know i chased the uh, film dream i wanted to be a filmmaker doing anything directing mm-hmm. um storyboarding anything writing mm-hmm. anything it didn't work out you know, it didn't work out. I, I went out to, you know, Hollywood. I tried. Uh, I could have tried harder. Let's be honest. I could have tried harder. And I also could have had a little more money if I could have stayed out there. You know, if I could have stayed out there with a little more money, maybe I would have made something. Maybe not. There's no telling. I only had, I was only out there six months. And by the time I came back, I was broke as shit. Broker yeah. than broke. I had yeah. people like calling me all the time about shit money that I owed them. It was horrible, but I'm living the dream now. I, I have my family. I have my mm-hmm. wife. I have a house. It's a different dream. It's Your different dreams dream. can change. Exactly. And this is, there's nothing wrong with this, you know? Yeah. Uh, is there a stuff that I would like to have? Sure. You know, I could have a mansion, you know, I can have, I don't know, a nicer car. <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would settle for just a nicer car. Not necessarily a brand new car, just a nicer one. <laughs> But, you know, it's 
Not necessarily a brand new car, but a car somebody might consider stealing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> not someone's just like, not that, not that thing. Not that one. <laughs> not even worth it. Just keep I mean, walking. Don't want to even sit in that sucker. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's just like, you know, like, you know, dreams change and there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean that you, the career you decided at 18 is the thing for you. Right. So like yeah. that part of it, I, I kind of was fine with, but also like, I would have liked to have seen uh, Ferran maybe not fail, but decide, oh, you know, photography, it didn't work out. I have my own photo studio. I take pictures. I take wedding right. pictures. Right. Yeah. So, like, I, yeah. You know, which happens they, a lot. They, I don't know. Did they ever actually really dive into that? They didn't dive into at all. What are these people doing now? I don't oh, know. they did. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ferran was had a uh, photography book, several of them published. Mm, that's right. Um, oh, so he was outlandishly Raju. successful. Yes, he was extremely. He had like six outlandishly books. successful. What about Raju? He has a podcast or no, a blog <laughs> podcast. Yeah, well, it seemed like like uh, like a web <laughs> like a video blog about engineering mm. that apparently people watch. Okay, so wildly successful. Yeah, wildly successful, and the silencer yeah. was a uh, was a vice president of an engineering firm that was about to get bought out by Wang Wang Du. Wang, <laughs> yeah, Wang Du. Uh, I, okay, to get a little bit back on the movie before we wrap this up. Uh, so Amir Khan is the star of the movie, mm-hmm. uh, and I wanted to ask you guys this: um, Did you did you find his character charming? Did you enjoy? I found this character? his character uniquely irritating. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I, I found them charming in places, but there are there were times where I was just like, "Come on, fuck!" Like I'd punch you if I, you know, like right. I don't, I don't fault the dean for being pissy with you. You know? No. Yeah, and also like, ah, uh, boy, I really appreciate your free spirited philosophy and, and and all of that, but. Fucking hell, dude. Grades matter. Yeah. Some, some, and, and yes, like I get the point the movie was trying to make, but the, in the real world, grades matter. And uh, in the world, in, in the real world, you got these two people, these two students who are accountable to more people than just themselves. Yeah. You know, and, and one of the things that, that Rancho didn't seem capable of understanding is that none of this comes easily to any of these yeah. other people. These yeah. people worked hard. These other, these two other idiots worked hard to and get still into We're this. not doing well. Yeah. And still we're not, they worked so hard and they were still struggling and their and families kid, and their families to get them there. Right. Yeah. Well, Rancho had a really rich benefactor. To and just put Rancho through school. had this whole attitude of like, well, and, and it's beautiful, right? Like, well, you need to define success in your own terms. You can't let it, the, the world define success for you and blah, 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 blah. But it's really fucking easy to have that attitude and that philosophy when you have a wealthy benefactor and you have no f- worries. You literally have nothing to worry about at all. And you're a genius. And, and you're a genius. Yeah. And nobody is, you're not accountable to anybody for anything. And the most beautiful girl in town is in love with you too. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it's, it's really easy to have that attitude under those circumstances, but under the circumstances of like, 
people have sacrificed for me to have this opportunity. And he had this philosophy of like, education should be about learning, not about competition. It should, you, as a teacher, you should be teaching us so that we learn, not so that we're stepping on each other's throats, right? Mm-hmm. I get that. That's that's all beautiful and it's all well and good, but fuck, dude. Like, uh, like, how are you supposed to give a person a degree if you can't, like, right? If you can't know the stuff, right? You know what's funny? In if this were a modern movie, uh, Rancho probably would have been the villain in it, and the hardworking no. poor kid would have been like the Rocky of the movie or whatever that you're yeah. rooting for. Yeah, like Raju. Yeah, and but but like it just it just bothered me so much where where like you've got this guy who's especially like for Raju's sake. This is a kid who has nothing. His family has nothing. Literally all of them have sacrificed so that he could be here. Mm -hmm. And you're going out of your way to make sure that he doesn't take full advantage of it. Yeah. Like you're, you're fundamentally incapable of seeing it was, it was almost that character had a bit of an autistic feeling to him. Where it, where it was like he's incapable of appreciating that none of this comes easy to anybody else. It comes easy to him. He doesn't have to work. He doesn't have to think about it. And therefore, nobody else must have to work or think about it. You know, nobody else has to study. And you as a result, these two of? kids are like his two friends, while they're learning very valuable life lessons from Rancho, are basically failing miserably you know it reminds me there's there's an old adage in basketball the best players make the worst coaches and the best coaches are usually the guys at the end of the bench because the guys that are the best most of it came easy to them a lot of it is natural born talent that they Mm -hmm. themselves can't explain Mm -hmm. so how are they going to coach up other players when they can't themselves they can't just tell them, hey, run faster or jump higher. <laughs> well, yeah, the guy right. at the end of the bench is the one that had to work really hard and overcome his physical shortcomings to get a better understanding of the game. Yeah. And they're the ones that make the best teachers, too. Yeah. Uh, and... Rancho is the star player. Yeah. No matter Rancho... what, he was not going to fail. Yeah. No, he's, Rancho, he's the, Rancho has no limitations. Guy on, the, on the court. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This guy, guy's got no limitations. Yeah. And can't recognize that other people have limitations. And so he's like just giving out this really sage advice and like telling people to be more in touch with their passions and, and whatnot. Dude, I which is again, like it's really, really easy I, to I suggest that when you don't have to work hard. I really wanted to punch that kid in the face. I'm like, what Dude. do you fucking know? What are you fucking after? Like the tenth, about? all is well. I would have probably slapped him. <laughs> I'm like, you're so full of shit. What do you know? Like, yeah. why are those guys sitting there listening to this shit too? Like, he, like he's the same age as you guys. Like, why? Are you right. Guys yeah. Thinking like he's like the sage. Like, whoa. well, but uh, but you know, through the context of the movie, of course they're gonna think he's sage and wise because they've they're in this education system that's designed to make them feel like they're stupid and know nothing no matter how how hard they try here's a fun fact you guys want to guess how old amir khan was when he filmed this i'm gonna guess because he looked a lot older than a college kid 
I'm going to guess he was 34. 45. 45. Yes. He's uh, 57, 58 years old today. Wow. He is aged very well. I will give him credit. He was a very youthful looking 45 in 2009. He's also a very tiny man. He's only 5'4". And even then, I think he exaggerates. Well, he looked pretty tiny. Yeah, he looked short in the movie. I mean, there was moments where they all stood together and he was like the shortest guy. I'm like, oh, you're kind of short. I looked it up because I kept thinking throughout the movie, like I assumed everyone was average height and the Dean was a giant. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I really? looked it up. Yeah. And the Dean is just, I think he was like five ten, and everyone <laughs> else is like five two. Yeah. And he was a fantastic dancer. <laughs> the Dean? The dean, the dean could dance, man. <laughs> I no, man. remember him dancing. <laughs> that was Rancho dressed as the Dean. Oh, was it Rancho yeah, dressed as the Dean? Sequence. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Uh, well, Rancho, Amir, Amir Khan? Yeah. This guy he's can dance, a, man. He's, he's, he's a do-it-all slippery. actor. He's also a big action star in India, and he's very jacked. Oh, really? <laughs> he looks pretty movies. jacked. It, no, like if you look him up, he there are some movies where he looks like uh, like Arnold Schwarzenegger type of well, professional there, bodybuilder. There was the the All Is Well song that is was in the shower, and he's he's pretty jacked. Oh no, man! Like, look him up. Well, he's in much yeah. better shape than what we saw in this movie. <laughs> but anyway, I don't like. Yeah. Uh, um. I can't recommend Three Idiots. It, I did not love it the way that I loved RRR. Yeah. Um, I I had a very hard time. I tried very hard. I put a lot of energy into wanting to, to like, like it. it. Yes. You know? I think some of it's cultural. And I think a lot of it, the, the comedy so in it does very not land cultural. for us. No, it doesn't. I think I'm sure there are there are cultural things that I we just don't know how to appreciate because it's not part of our culture. But uh, yeah, this movie felt like work for me. Uh, I had a little bit less of that. I mean, I, I did enjoy parts of it, but I still wouldn't recommend the movie. And, and more so because I feel like the message is a little irresponsible because of what we're talking about. But yeah, I wouldn't recommend the movie either. Um, yeah. It's just too long, which is something I mentioned to you, Dan. It's to watch a two, almost three hour movie. Two hours it's hard movie. for me to find that amount of time. It's a luxury. Yeah. I mean, it should have been luxury. 90 minutes max. There is yeah. quite a bit that could have been cut out. Oh, yeah. It could have been. Yeah. You could have lost easily an hour out of that movie. The whole yeah. first part of that could have been done. Those away. first 30 minutes, I absolutely detested. I just, I don't even know how I made it through those first 30. In fact, I texted Edgar. I'm like, are you sure you want to do a uh, podcast about dude, this movie? Because like, I no, am I, 40 minutes in and I don't know if I can keep going. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it was hard work. It was not that hard for me, but it was. But it, this is, and, and, and you brought this up, Lechuga, on the RRR episode. It's just the way movies are made. Watching a movie is like an event. You 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 watch a movie, you dedicate your afternoon or your evening mm-hmm. to the movie. They have intermissions, you know. And and it's a it's a whole it's a it's not just a movie. That's why there are the song and dance numbers. Like it's a whole it's like a holistic entertainment thing. Yeah. And so yeah, it's gonna be three or four sometimes four hours long. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I, 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 I have seen uh, RRR three times now. Oh wow. my gosh. Yeah. Really? I, was, I saw it once by myself, another time with my girlfriend, and then once with my parents and siblings. Yeah. When did yeah. you watch uh, the, the, the third time? How long ago was that? Uh, maybe like a month ago or something. Well, Netflix, the okay, so that's. Yeah, it that's, was after the podcast. And that's, that's the, nine hours of your life. Yeah. <laughs> including okay. the two hour podcast we did about it. So yeah. you've yeah you've dedicated eleven to twelve hours of your life to this movie. Yes, because it's enjoyable. I it's not my okay, favorite yeah. movie of all time. It's no. just mm-hmm. I have a fun time. I can come in and out of the room, and whatever mm-hmm. scene's happening, I'm like, oh, this is fun, and yeah. I'll sit down mm-hmm. and I'll keep watching the movie after that. If I walked into a room and Three Idiots was playing, I would leave the room. <laughs> I I would not be able to sit through this again. I don't know that I feel that strongly about it. I could I could very easily just ignore the movie and read a book or something. Like I wouldn't need to walk out of the room. I would walk out. Like the, but, the songs, uh, the voices, all of it. I just the the lines, the dialogue. Yeah, it it definitely was not for me. And so like three the three idiots review of three idiots is <laughs> we're all idiots. We're all yeah. Don't don't watch this movie. Um, and the it doesn't hold up. Not well. that bad of a guy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, of his yeah. list. Yeah, he sucked actually. I, I can't even pretend I like that guy either. No, no, and yeah, I mean, it, it makes good points. I'm not crazy about how it makes the points. Yes, and I'm also more than willing to admit there might be context there that I'm missing. You know, the the points that were being made in the movie could have been. Contextually, maybe they were much, much stronger than it seemed to me because I'm missing some kind of subtlety or nuance. You know, I, I do find in again culturally the how important male friendship is in India. Yeah, I, yeah. I like that aspect of it. I think if I continue to watch other Bollywood movies, it would be because of this kind of thing. I like that idea. I also like the fact that in this movie, at least, the female lead is less of a story plot point and more of an actual character in the story, not just some kind of check mark to hit on a list. She actually has an arc, you know, she actually kind of learns. A right. Bit about yeah. Herself. I mean, she, her, her arc isn't that great. No, but, but it, she it has some kind of development. The fact that they pay attention to the, the at least one woman character in this mm-hmm. movie and, and give that, woman character an opportunity to stand on her own two feet she had her own wants and desires she right yeah. like i the, does the movie pass the bechdel test no it does no not. it does not but yes. but does so for a movie coming out of bollywood cinema in 2009 the fact that any sort of agency is given to the the one and only female character is a good thing, you know. Well, I gotta tell you, characters, but yeah, she's the only actual like other protagonist yeah. in the story. If I don't care, she's one of okay. There's her, her sister, Raju's mom, yeah, and the moms. and uh, some the uh, Farad's mom. Yeah, right? we met yeah. two moms okay. and a sister. Okay. Yeah, four. And they all revolve around assistant. the five. story five. of a male character. Yeah, five women in this movie. Yeah, five. I gotta tell you, 
I don't care how charming or beautiful a girl is. If I walked into a room and her and her friends are throwing darts at a board with my father's face on it, I think that would probably be, that'd be a red flag at least, you know? Yeah. I, I, I don't yeah. know if you remember that scene guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was not cool. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. Um, well, I don't know. I, I would. So both of my parents were teachers. I'm going to throw this out there. Both of my parents were teachers. And there are times, and I, at one point, went to the school that one of my parents taught at, okay? The teachers, they're authority figures. You get used to hearing or or seeing things about them because that's how students react to authority figures, you know? And so, like, it's not as weird or disturbing as you might think i'm just throwing it out there that's fair okay good point i'll concede that like i'm not saying i I liked it i'm not saying like i ever was like what the fuck are you talking about my mom that way for you know yeah like i I didn't i didn't like it but like there's a certain point at which you, you like you realize like yeah this is gonna happen i talk about other teachers this way so yeah anyway yeah but they shouldn't be throwing darts darts at a picture i mean that's that's the that's the girl you like and you're throwing darts at her father it's just maybe don't date that girl if you don't like the father so much she was really pretty though she was very pretty also very candid it was really 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 pretty the two whitest characters in the movie fell in love i just yes mm, yeah i have she had a she had a jawline that could cut steel (laughs) i mean she was beautiful yeah, she's a gorgeous woman. Yeah, she was she was very beautiful, but it, it just like I didn't I, feel like in a Western way though. Like I didn't think I didn't feel like sh- her, she was particularly Westernized, but that could just be because I'm white. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, know, she's man. very fair skinned in comparison to the other Indian characters in the story. She's also yeah. got colored eyes. She's mm-hmm. very Western looking, and uh, just uh, I don't know. And, and they make. The one of the darkest characters, her father, the the one of the villains of yeah. the story or the antagonist. That's, of the story. God damn! Now I feel bad about myself. The silencer is also much darker than the three main characters. Yeah, that's true. Say, the silencer is also one of the He's darkest characters. Far more the stereotypical. Yeah, but he is also he's also got like he speaks a lot of English for an Indian. Oh, yeah, and there was a whole up, there was like a whole gag. Yeah, he grew up yeah, in Uganda, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. but there was a whole gag about how he memorized a speech that was in what was it? Was in Urdu or something? Like I, I where it was in it was in one of the Indian languages that he didn't know. So he just phonetically memorized the speech. That did not land for me. <laughs> no, that did if not. If he land thought for he was me. giving a very uh complimentary speech about the dean. Wouldn't he have found it kind of suspicious that the entire crowd was in raucous laughter? Yeah. Well, and he was also like he had these mannerisms that he yeah. was doing where where it's like like he was telling jokes. Like he was emphasizing what he was saying, yeah. Yeah. You're making jokes like you're any anyway, anyway. Uh, we don't we don't need to no to pick it but apart it, and yeah. shit on it in in great detail. Okay. I just yeah, I don't think any of us particularly loved this movie, and I don't think we're, we're you're gonna that anybody's gonna get the same reaction for this that it's too that bad we had really, for RRR. Yeah, it's too bad because I really wanted another RRR. Yeah, India uh, 
or sorry, we did not enjoy this. But you, <laughs> you make a lot of beautiful stuff. Yeah. Uh, we're sure that, you know, the next one we do, we'll like a lot more. Yeah. But we appreciate and the suggestion. I feel like I'm, I'm absolutely comfortable saying like, it's probably our fault that we don't like this. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> We're Americans, forgive us. Look, man, the no, majority but... of the world has liked this movie. In fact, yeah. Mexico made a remake of it. Oh, oh really? Idiotas. Yeah, it came out in 2017. Yeah. So it could just be us. I don't they, yeah. see uh, but, Mexican, the Mexican version. I, I, I didn't realize that that was actually a remake. Oh, I yeah. Did see that in like when you and I talked, I did see that and it's not well received either. <laughs> oh, it does not have good review. I didn't no, look it up, man. Yeah, right. no, I saw but, it. I, I saw it in Rotten Tomatoes when I went and looked this one. Oh, in Rotten Tomatoes, this movie is sky high. Critics rating 100%, 90 something for yeah. the audience. Although, if you look at the reviews, because Rotten Tomatoes is just a yes or no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, if you give something a six out of 10, that's considered a good review. Right. And if you yeah. read the reviews, a lot of the reviews are like, some parts were charming, but overall, this movie uh, is right. not the best I've seen. Stuff like that. Oh, okay. I didn't so, know that. Yeah. But, uh, all, all I'll say is um, I am happy to continue watching Indian movies. I'm happy to continue getting recommendations. I want to keep interacting with our Indian fans. Yeah. Oh, I, nice. But yeah. I did not like this movie. <laughs> We're so Please sorry, don't hate guys. Me. <laughs> I tried. I tried so hard, but yeah. I did not like it. All right. Well, on that note, thank you, India, for the recommendation. Send us another one, please. Uh, this is Edgar Traves uh, with my co-host, Lechuga, and not my cousin, Dan. Thank you Peace. so much. Dobranos, cabrones. The music you're listening to is titled We Are Invincible by Tim Hurst. And you can find that over at Epidemic Sound. Now, Epidemic Sound provides royalty-free music for a low monthly cost. And if you're a content creator like myself, you're always on the lookout for new ways to punch up your content. And Epidemic Sound is the way to go. So should you decide to head on over to Epidemic Sound, make sure you use my referral link in the description so that you know that I sent you. Yeah, so uh, not the best movie, to say the least. And I just want to say RRR is a much stronger movie. It's just more exciting the story moves along a little more the writing is a little better the action sequences are better this movie just kind of falls a little flat in that respect as for the reasons that we described this movie handles some pretty heavy topics as Lechuga brought up and it's unfortunate that the topics were done in such a way they still could have been a comedy and treated the topics with a little more thought I think it was handled a little um a little carelessly. I think it's pretty evident, like I mentioned in the podcast, that that we're not the demographic. And I'm not talking about nationality. I'm talking about age. I think we are not the age demographic they were hidden for. I mean, middle-aged guys or people nearing middle age, not the demographic. As you can tell, because the protagonist, they spent most of the time telling a story in the college years. And not every movie can be gold. Uh, this was recommended to us by one of our Instagram followers. I just wish I, you know, I just wish it was a better movie. I think what happens is that maybe the movie just didn't hold up as well. Regardless of the movie, I always enjoy breaking down movies and doing movie reviews. But I also love doing the podcast with my homies. Whether the movie was good or not, doesn't matter. It's a win-win for me. And I hope you enjoyed it. 
Now, if you like movie reviews and other subjects in pop culture, we have plenty of that over at our website, theflowrollpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes and a store where you can purchase some merchandise and support the podcast. Now, if you play around with the social media, you can find me on Instagram. My name is Edgar Otraves on Instagram. You can also follow the show under the name The Flow Roll. And don't forget to follow my co-host on Instagram, not my cousin Dan, under the name Fantastic Sizzler. If you want to hit up Lechuga, he's not too social. You can hit him up on the Flow Roll account. Just, you know, type in there, hey, Lechuga, and I'll forward it on to him. And if you dug this podcast, I'm going to ask that you please like, subscribe, comment, and share wherever you get your podcast at and press all the buttons that make the podcast gods happy. I am your host, Edgar Otra Vez. Thank you so much for listening. We will catch you next time. Behave yourselves. Laters. Laters.